what have you been up to today? Today, I was just kind of, I, I, I had a slow start to today. Um, uh, just uh, kind of wandering around the house. After the show last night, I was up pretty late with my roommate talking about the impending World War III that we're about to get into. So, right. um, Who's your roommate? I live with this dude, Will Alley, who's a drummer, and my uh, good friend Tessa Wood, too. Okay. We went to high school with both of them, and yeah. Nice. Yeah. Talking about World War Three, it's like, yeah. it is happening. No, yeah, like, uh, like I, I came home, and he was like, yeah, so, uh, everything's about to blow up, and I was like, yeah, I've been reading, and I've been reading about it. I mean, that's what we were talking about, it's going to take... And like an axis, or, or not an axis, but like uh, allies. No, yeah, yeah, like Interpol uh, and yeah, exactly. Fucking like United it, Nations or whatever. NATO or whatever, yeah. like United Nations. It's going to take <laughs> that to stop Russia from what they're doing because it's like they've threatened to literally blow up anyone who gets in their way of doing this right now. To the Ukraine. Yeah. Um, yeah, they released, uh, Putin released a press statement yesterday It went along the lines of anyone who is thinking of intervening will be met with, um, consequences immediately and unlike you have ever seen before. Good God. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess we have that to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the next few years. Yep. Yep. I mean, and then there's the whole China thing. Yeah. It's, uh... I mean, the only way I could see us, like, getting through this is, unfortunately, having to band together with China and, like, fucking take it on. Like, we, it's, we're going against a superpower for the first time in, shit, 60 years? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, like the 60s. Or, I mean, well, Vietnam wasn't even a superpower, so, yeah, yeah, it's been almost 70 or 80 years since we've taken on, like, a superpower, like, uh... Right. Hitler and yeah. Nazis. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I don't think China wants to destroy America, but I think what they want to do is take over our leadership. Yeah. Because they just want to keep, because American culture is very popular around the world. It's our, pretty much our only export. Yeah, <laughs> um, they don't want to destroy that. They just want to take over our leaders, mm -hmm. which is, I guess, the type of warfare we're in now. Oh they, yeah, they don't want to blow the country up. No, I think we're gonna see a lot more cyber warfare. Exactly. Yeah, like coming. Like I mean, it is very possible that Russia like will just hack the entire general public of America if like we do anything like that. So yeah. we just gotta stay uh, aware. Yeah. Well, heck yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to the Nashville Artist Podcast. I'm Jordan, and today Jacob Cornfloss is here. How's it going? <laughs> Welcome to my house. Thank you. Thanks for having me over. Yeah, glad you're here. Yeah. Uh, so where are you from? I'm born and raised in Nashville. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Grew up in Antioch. Yeah. So you've been here basically your whole life. Yeah. I've never lived anywhere else. I've done some traveling, touring in bands and stuff like that. But like, uh, this has always been my my home center. Where'd you go to high school? Nashville School of the Arts. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Do you have any siblings? No, only child. Wow. Yeah. Nice. All your parents' attention on you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Sometimes. Sometimes not. <laughs> so what were you into as a kid? As a kid, I mean, it depends on what era of life you're talking about. Like, when I was, like, a, a toddler, I was, like, super into, like, dinosaurs and construction. <laughs> but uh, I was a, kind of a comic book nerd, 
growing up, I was super into X-Men. Um, that was my main, that was my main love right there. But then got into like Yu-Gi-Oh and, uh, watched a lot of Star Wars movies and got into sci-fi and stuff like that. And then, uh, when I was around third grade, I started getting into rock and roll and that's when like the, <laughs> like the switch, uh, flipped and I wanted to start playing guitar and, um, my dad, who was a who was a musician, he was very helpful in me like discovering what I liked and like getting me guitar lessons and being just following through with the rest of my life, pretty much. So nice. Yeah. When you say rock and roll, what specifically? What bands or? Um, when I was that age, I was super into Black Sabbath, uh, Rainbow, Deep Purple, Foghat. Yeah, I liked like the the first wave of like hard rock stuff, pretty much. Like late seventies or uh, late sixties, early seventies. That 60, was yeah, yeah. Right, right. yeah. 60s, yeah. 70s. But yeah, it was, oh, ACDC. ACDC was my first concert. I still fucking love ACDC. Where was that at? That was at the time the Cell May Center. Um, it's now Bridgestone Arena. Oh, but okay. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So in third grade, basically you were just listening to rock and roll, and that's what first got you into music. Yeah, pretty much. Other than that, like I really like had like just heard what was on the radio. Me and my mom listened to a lot of oldies, so like I grew up listening to like Tommy da- Tommy James and the Shondells, and they would also there. I forget the name of the old oldies station in Nashville. I believe it was ninety six nine was the station number, but. Um, or it could be 97.9. I forget which one, but I remember it was Coyote McLeod in the morning. He, he had the morning show. But it was an oldie station, and yeah, they would play to- Tommy James and the Shondells. They would play, um, that's how I found out about Bill Withers, the Archies, stuff like that. Like, it was like a mix of, like, bubblegum pop from the 60s and, like, uh, Stax Records Motown stuff. So, nice. yeah. What, specifically, what guitar player was it like? Man, that guy's so- Originally, it was uh, Richie Blackmore from Deep Purple. Okay. I, I that was like my first like, wow, that dude, it's a fucking killer. I want to play like that. But other than that, like Tony Iommi was a big one early on. Um, Who does he play for? That's uh, Sabbath. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Old, old No Fingers. Other than that, like, I mean, growing up, I was like. Once I was already, like, into rock and roll and stuff like that, I fell in love with surf rock, so, like, the Ventures were huge for me, uh, Dick Dale, like, that kind of stuff, the Safaris, like, that was a big influence on my guitar playing, so. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sick. So, did you, like, when you started out, did you just play by yourself, or did you, like, play in a band, or? I, like, even in third grade, I, like, dicked around with some friends who were also getting into rock and roll at the same time, I think. We all simultaneously got into it around the time that Guitar Hero 3 came out or something like that. We were all just like, oh, this is cool music. Like, let's fucking... And then we were all like, let's start a band. None of us knew what the hell we were doing. It probably could be interpreted as a very interesting noise project if you would, uh, if there were recordings of it. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm trying... To, we had a name. The Street Pilots. That's what... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Street Pilots. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's just like... Drivers. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a better band than Drivers. Just <laughs> Drivers. Yeah. That's awesome. So what kind of music do you like to play now? Oh, I'm kind of all over the place. Like, I, I, 
I think my natural, um, like, playing style is kind of strange, angular, pop, kind of, like, groovy music, like, uh, in the in the wave of, like, say, like, Pylon or something like that, or Omni, women, like, stuff like that. Um, a little more groovy than women, but I, I don't know, I play in a, like, a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not quite garage rock. It's like, uh, I play for my buddy Happy's band, Impediment, and, um, they, it's like harder, like college rock, really influenced by like the replacements and stuff like that. So, um, I'm, I'm playing in that right now. I play my buddy, uh, Ryan Sam's band, Alpaca Lip, and that's kind of like grungy, pop punky stuff. Um, yeah, we call it kind of, he hates this term, but I call it joke punk because like, it's not like joke songs, but he has a lot of humor in his lyrics. So like, it's like not really taking itself too seriously as well. Blink-182. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big influence on him. More Sum 41 is a big influence on him, but yeah. Fat Lip. Yeah. Man. Pop punk. Early 2000s. Late 90s. Yeah. We're seeing, I'm sure we'll see a comeback of it. Oh, it's already happening. Yeah. Apparently, Sad Boy or whatever music is... Oh, yeah. Sad Boy rap, Sad Boy yeah. punk. That's like the new... Oh, yeah, no, that's rage. the wave right now, for sure. Yeah, I don't know, like, so much of uh, rock and roll right now. It's like, who is the... I mean... I don't think there's a lot of, like, mainstream rock right now. Um, I like Greta Van Fleet, but... Yeah, um... Yeah. I don't even know how popular they really are. I think that's just, like, really just, like, being sold to us that they are popular. Like, they were able to buy popularity by just, like, being paying to be on TV shows all the time and, like, fucking, like, being on the cover of magazines and shit like that. They, right. like, kind of bought their, their stardom a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I remember, like, watching that original YouTube video and I was like, man, they... Spitting image of what's up. Yeah. Hey, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. More right. power to them. More um, power to them. But yeah. I don't know. I've played in a lot of different kind of bands, though. Like, I played bass for years in high school for this band Jaws. Um, that was my, my first, like, real band. Um, and then I've played in Dreamwave, so that's, like, kind of like some. Oh, yeah, with Kelton? Mm hmm. Yeah, known Calvin for years. Um, and then uh, I used to be in Soccer Mommy. Um, I, I was in a great band called Dancers with my friend Hayden. Um, that was kind of like an angular, dancey pop R&B at some points kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I've been in like 10 bands or over 10 bands in Nashville. Nice. What's up, dude? What's up? What up? Yo, what the fuck is up? What's up, bro? I'm gonna give you a. <laughs> Damn, what a small ass world it is. I know, how you I'm doing? Like, bro, I know this. I know this. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, well, good to see you, bro. Great to see you. Awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, is Soccer Mommy a Nashville band? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've listened to them, heard of them, but I didn't know if they were. Yeah, Sophie and I went to high school together. Like, okay. Yeah. How old are you? 
I am uh, 24. Oh, 24. 24. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So, what bands are you playing with now? Uh, just Impediment and Alpacalip right now, but I'm kind of working on my own new project, like just scheming on it right now. I'm going to jam with my buddy Jamie next week, see if we can flush some stuff out. And it's funny, me and my friend Connie yesterday, we were joking online, but also kind of not joking online about like doing like a goth pop thing together. So. Bajas or something like that? Yeah, kind of something like that. Yeah. Cure. Yeah, that, like we're both huge Cure fans, so yeah. it'll be like that. But with like, I I, I think I want to like take modern pop elements and mix it into it as well. So. There's like typo negative is like kind of like that gothy. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be that heavy, but uh, um, yeah, but I, I love typo negative. Yeah. yeah. Love his voice. He sounds like a Dracula. <laughs> no, exactly. Milk white neck. <laughs> Well, you've been in Nashville, so you've just decided to stay here. Yeah, um, I've always I've always planned on just doing music, whatever that means, my whole life. So I didn't really think it'd be smart to go elsewhere to do that. I'm not a city guy, so I can't stand New York, and LA's a little too fast-paced and expensive for me. So seems like the best place to be for this kind of stuff. I could see, I like, I like Chicago. Like, I, I, I could deal with the speed of Chicago, but it's cold there. I don't like the cold. Yeah. <laughs> and I've heard it smells kind of strange. It's not as bad as New York or Atlanta, but really? yeah. Huh. You've been here your whole life. What, um, what is something like you've learned living here? Oh, I mean, just treat people with kindness. Like, that. Uh, we live in a very nice town, um, and, uh, becoming less and less with more and people more people moving in from elsewhere that aren't nice places and uh like but i feel like they get put in their place pretty quickly if they're not being <laughs> like kind to others here but right. yeah i find this city way more kind where are you I'm from i'm from looking out in georgia oh okay got gotcha. you chattanooga basically. yeah i find this place way more kind than there yeah because there, I find it really small, yeah. so it becomes more clicky. Oh, for sure. But since this is much bigger, people are like, we don't care how much money you have. We don't care. We, all we care about your, is your artistic input. You yeah. Know, what you can deliver. It is funny. I've seen, like, a, at least within the, like, uh, independent Nashville community, like, it was funny. There were a lot of people growing up. It wasn't cool to have money here or anything like that. So, like, there were a lot of, like, kids who came from rich families who were like actively like trying to hide that and stuff like that and but now i'm seeing kind of a wave of like the whole clout stuff and whatnot like kind of like trying to be perceived as rich and stuff like that and i'm like that's not how it used to be here it's so fucking weird the the change and shit yeah i mean i feel like it's a little bit more dirty and grunge here in east nashville mm. as i mean there is some posh parts of it but like around here all these houses are like Relatively small yeah. compared to how much they cost. Oh, for sure. And so no one's like super posh. It seems like yeah. Like, and even if you do have a lot of money and you come here, you still have to make yourself relevant to other people. Yeah. Like, doesn't really. I mean, it may give you opportunities to buy really great gear and get studio time. But yeah. It doesn't really buy relationships. No, no, not whatsoever. No, you have to put in the groundwork and just be a, a kind person and a and fun person to be around. So right. Yeah, being the fun person, being the positive person, yeah, optimistic, for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, how did you? How did Nashville show to go come about? 
So that came about, um, that's me and my friend Megan Lovelace's project, and we, I had been wanting to do something like that for a long time, because there used to be a thing in town called Nashville's Dead, which was a similar thing, where it was a weekly rundown of, like, at the time, they were mostly doing, like, the garage rock and the punk and the psychedelic shows in Nashville, that's what they were, like, uh, promoting and stuff like that, and I mean, that's the scene that I came from, so, like, I was always a fan of that. So, they were doing that, and then, um... It, it stopped happening around the time I was probably a junior in high school or something like that. And when that stopped, like, there was just, like, a big gap for something like that in Nashville for years, for years. And I'd been wanting to do something like that, but I never, like, fully, like, committed. And I had been talking to my friend Cam Serrett, who was a part of the Nashville's Dead thing, and I was ta talking to him, like, wanting advice from him on how I could do something like that and stuff like that. And he was like, well, actually... My friend Megan Lovelace, who I think you know a little bit, is kind of wanting to do the same thing. Y'all should get together and uh, talk about it. So I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I've met Megan a few times. Like, she seems like a, a good person and a very hardworking person. So um, we got together. We got lunch together. Kind of spent an hour or so flushing it out from the start and being like, okay, start out. It'll be an Instagram page. We'll post once a week and yada, yada, yada. It was originally, the working name of it was What's the Move? Um, that was the original name of it. That's actually still what our Google calendar says as What's the Move. That's just where we put all of our like shows and whatnot in. But um, yeah, we got together, started doing that. It was immediately very well perceived and uh, we've been growing since then. I think we're almost at the four year mark. Um, yeah. How do you go about compiling when bands are playing? It's a mixture. I mean, it is a curated list. We like to keep it within um, the confines of what we see as um, something we would want to see. Is basically, but we have very vast music tastes, so it it ranges from rock to pop to hip hop to experimental noise. Like it's just whatever we think that people should be seeing in Nashville. So it's curated in that aspect, and, and we try to keep it very anti-industry, too. Right. Like, we don't want the whole Broadway and uh, um, Music Row scene. Like, get like there's enough of that going on, so... They've kind of got their, their stuff taken care of. Yeah, exactly. It's funny whenever, like, somewhere like... Uh, I don't even know any of the honky-tonks, but they'll, like, sometimes reach out, and we're like, no, um... <laughs> Y'all have your tourists, like, that's enough revenue for y'all. You entertain them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, it's kind of a mixture of, uh, like, just being uh, very vigilant about seeing flyers be posted online and stuff like that. And whenever I see someone post that, I, I have a little, like, save thing on my Instagram where I just compile all of the, like, flyers and shit I see so I can plug that in. We get... We used to do, like, DMs and emails, but now we have a new... Uh, we have, we launched our new website, and yeah. um, it has a submission portal in it, so that's going to help us a lot, because that already lays out the shows, too. So I'm really stoked on that. Um, but other than that, I, I straight up, like, just go to all the venues I like, websites, and just, like, we'll just, like, look for the next three months all the shows that I think are cool on there, and I'll just put that in my calendar. So. Sweet. Yeah, I always, because I love 
going to the Instagram page and browsing. That's how I found the show last night. Yeah, man. That was a great show. Yeah. Well, and I also like saw some stories and was like, shit, man, the place is happening. I need to get over there. Yeah. Sweeping promises. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Was, I think the last Blue Room show I saw was Sleep. Whoa. That was great. Um, I, I was there. Was um, a while back. I've seen Sleep every time they played Nashville except for once. Um, yeah, that was great. Big fan. <laughs> I met the guitar player. He was really chill. Matt Pike? Fuck yeah. Yeah. He was easy going. I just, I like, we were in the back room and he was just hanging out. That, but yeah, that show was so slow, so sludgy. <laughs> well, and they were doing the live to vinyl thing too, so they had to like have that those big fucking uh, like feedback breaks where they were flipping the lathe so they could cut so it's just like just feedback until they're like get the green light to start a new song wow yeah because if you're cutting to a record yeah it must be really hard to cut it off and then no exactly i think the way they approached it was fucking perfect like yeah. just like fucking hold out the feedback and then it'll just like start off a new so. yeah they're definitely very droney Oh yeah, yeah. I I got super into sleep my eighth grade year. I think I had found them through a skate video called "Prevent This Tragedy." Um, it was a Thrasher Converse collab, and it's still it's like what really introduced me to stoner rock in general. There was that. I think they had Witch on there. They had Witchcraft on there. I think um, uh, Graveyard. It was no, not Graveyard. But that is also what introduced me like the OCs because Tidal Wave is on there. Hmm, sick. Yeah. Cool. I think I already asked you this. Be kind to people. That's some advice you would give to... Yeah. Or I said, what have you learned? I, let me ask you, what is some advice you'd give to someone who wants to come here and pursue art or music? Whew, that is an interesting question. Uh, I am not one of the people who are like, stay out of Nashville because I have a lot of great friends who moved here from elsewhere and I welcome people a lot. Um, I, I welcome anyone to move to Nashville. I think it's a great place. I would just say, again, be kind. Uh, don't, hmm. Don't come in thinking you're the shit. I think that's a really good way to approach it. Like be like, be humble coming into Nashville because everyone's the shit here. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, the fucking bar barista making your coffee it can probably play play circles around you, right. and, and is maybe one of the best songwriters ever too. Like, everyone who is here works here and per actually pursues here is amazing at what they do. Like, I, it's a, it's weird. I forget that sometimes, but then going on tour and having an actual shitty opening band in another city, I'm just like, oh, that's right. We're we have ridiculous amount of talent everywhere in Nashville, and I think that's taken for granted by a lot of people who live here. Um, Definitely. It's easy. I remember when I moved here, I had very high expectations, got disappointed a lot. Yeah. And had to get my ass extremely humbled. Yeah. And I'm all better for it. But it's like a phase you go through, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. No, I mean, like, it's it's weird, especially, like, growing up here and having a pretty successful uh, studio musician as a father and then also being a guitar player, but not playing as good as him whatsoever and also, like, just not playing in that style. So, like, to, like get past the, like, I'm not 
that's not what I want to play. So I play in a different style. Like, so I'm good at this. I don't have to be good at what he did. Like, uh, that was a weird, like, kind of transition period of, like, I don't have to feel like I have to be as good at this as my dad or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, like, a a weird kind of... uh, It's not imposter syndrome, but it's just uh, learning to differentiate, like, ability relative to style right yeah Yeah. it's good to have your own thing you do and not feel like you're getting pulled in every direction to compete or compare with everyone else yeah oh yeah is there uh, anything else you'd like to add that I haven't asked you or you'd like to talk about um I mean I guess we could talk about to go records a little bit too yeah to go records I should mention that (laughs) It's the other thing me and Megan do together. Um, it's uh, just a little tape label for now. Um, we have one one uh, seven inch out on vinyl. That was a co-release with Cold Lunch. Um, we did the Heaven Honey um, seven inch. But uh, yeah, we're a small tape label. We have quite a few releases coming out this year. The only one I can talk about right now is Routine Caffeine coming out next month. But um, yeah, we're kind of all over the place when it comes to style. Um, we have punk rock bands, pop bands, and uh, experimental. Um, we're really hoping to do some hip hop this year. Just like uh, we like to release whatever we like. So sweet. Yeah. What is your favorite venue to play? Oh, the end. The end. Okay. Yeah, the end is always going to be my favorite venue to go to a show and play in Nashville. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Love the end. Yeah, it's very grungy, but also like. Random big bands will play there. Oh, yeah. No, if you look on the wall, you see, like, Fugazi, uh, fucking Flaming Lips. Lips. Like, that's where, like, everyone used to kind of cut their chops, like, coming through Nashville. Back when the rock block was actually, like, the rock block. Because back in the day, back in the 80s, I mean, the end was called Elliston Square at the time. That that was uh, the old name of the end. But, yeah, you had that. You had... Exodan, you had Springwater, you had Cantrell's, uh, I believe, Lucy's wasn't far from there, but that wasn't quite on the rock block, but, yeah, the end, there was another, forget what the venue was called, but uh, my dad was telling me where that Krispy Kreme is, used to be a really good rock club, too. Man, of all those, what are still existing, the end? The end, Exodan, Springwater, and Exodan, that's probably not going to be around for, damn, yeah. So Cantrell's isn't a thing anymore? No, well, Cantrell's, um, what's, I forget his first name, but Dudu Ran Cantrell's also owns Springwater, so he just kind of put all of his eggs in that basket, I think. Yeah, Springwater's fun to play. Yeah, that's a, that's a goofy venue. It is um, very goofy, like, yeah. but Elvis played there. Yeah, uh, uh, quote-unquote, the uh, oldest bar in Nashville. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's the uh, oldest... Uh, it's not, it's moved a few times. So, like, that specific building isn't the oldest bar in Nashville, but the Springwater as a concept, I think, is the oldest bar in okay. Nashville. When I played there, it was like pouring rain, mm-hmm. and they had all these water buckets catching the water from yep. the ceiling. Sounds like Springwater. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. I remember when they made it non smoking in there, and I was like, but it's Springwater. Like, why? Like, it's not going to change your clientele, I don't think. You're not going to, like, like the the fucking 
yuppies from LA who can't stand the smoke for a little bit aren't gonna start coming to spring water. <laughs> right. I'm just gonna stay on Broadway probably. Yeah. Cool. What is your favorite restaurant in Nashville? Ooh. Mm. I, I I love food, so this is this is a tough one. Okay. Favorite restaurant? I I could I could probably do by category. I don't know okay. if favorite burger place. Gabby's. Gabby's. Yep. Gabby's Burgers and Fries. Go to Gabby's, man. I worked there for seven years. It was, a, it was a great place. Where is it? It's over right by the fair. Well, um, it's where Greer Stadium used to be. I'm over by Fort Negley, and uh, it's pretty close to where Fort Houston used to be. Yeah, it's kind of like if you go up uh, Chestnut Street going off of 8th, it's literally right where it ends. Like, you can't, like... So it, close to Forks? Yes, like right by Forks. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What is your favorite uh, Italian place? Oh, um... Hmm. Probably Coco's Italian Market. Okay. Yeah, I like it over there. My roommate's mom works there. <laughs> but no, it's a good spot just to grab some some solid some solid pasta. I'm also a fan of Nicoletto's, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Coco's Italian Market is probably my top. Nice. What about like for ramen? Ramen Black Dynasty. What is it? Black Dynasty Ramen. Okay, yeah. sick. I need to go there. Yeah, it's out on the west side. It's a little expensive, but um, it's it's legit. It's like me and my girlfriend Jess, we were like addicted to it because they kind of launched right during the like the beginning of the pandemic. So they were doing it back in the day out of bar like the back of Bar Sovereign, right on Second Ave. So, but they were just doing it like literally. You meet them up in the alley, and they just like hand you your fucking ramen, and you bring it home and like heat it up. And like when I was getting fucking like eight hundred dollars a week in un- unemployment, like that, we were just like, was fucking like fuck up tons of Black Dynasty ramen. Like why not? So hell yeah, yeah. I need to go there. I went to Namzilla the other day. Namzilla's cool. It was pretty good. I still need to try Tutin Jack. I've heard good things about that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I've eaten there too. Nice. Yeah. Where do you work now? Um, I'm like, I just kind of pick up shifts at different bars around Nashville. And right now I'm kind of working on learning how to do like higher tier A&R work. So I've been working with this guy, Patrick, and just, uh, he's been sending me to a lot of shows to help him scout bands and stuff like that. So, yeah. So like when you work at bar, are you a bartender? Uh, bar back. And I also do like some of the like small kitchen stuff. Okay. Yeah. I worked at Santa's Pub for two years, too. Really? Yeah. Karaoke uh, host and bar back over there. Wow. When did you stop working there? Pandemic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I went there before the pandemic. It's very possible I was working. Yeah. I, I was... Uh, I, I sometimes miss it. I know it's not the same anymore, and I was already kind of trying to leave before the pandemic, because it's a, it's, it's a lot having to deal with that many fucking people, um, especially when you have weird arbitrary rules, like no cussing on the mic and stuff like that. So, like, you have to, like, like deal with drunk people who are like, what, what do I do? And I'm like, I'm sorry, dude, it's not my rule, but I have to enforce it. And, yeah. And it, it was, like, I worked Saturdays there oh, wow. and made a lot of money, but... That is, uh, Did you like get tipped or something? Yeah, yeah. Because you're the guy running a computer, like yeah, for the songs. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, cool, dude. What is something absurd you like or do? Ooh, 
I'm a VHS collector. Uh-huh. Yeah. I really like collecting VHSs, and I do like practical VHS video editing as well. But, yeah, I would say that's probably the one of the weird things about me. I'm trying to think of... I'm, I'm kind of a guy who's into a lot of stuff, so it's hard for me to, like... Pinpoint. Yeah. What's your favorite VHS that you have? Um, I have one... It's actually in my car right now, and I have it tattooed on me. It's called Be Cool About Fire Safety. Um, me and my friend Tess both have this because it's a PSA from the 90s, and it's ridiculous. It survived my whole childhood, and I still have it. And um, I think I probably stole it from a firefighter who, like, came to, like, my school and, like, fucking, like, were showing us that. And I think I liked it, so I was probably just, like, <laughs> put it in my backpack. Um, but it's a very—I would—it's re- on YouTube. I would recommend watching it. Um, yeah, be cool about fire safety. And uh, it was sponsored by Allstate, and they must have had a ridiculous budget for it. Really? Because the, they have this uh, claymation puppet fire detector called Seymour Smokes, and he was voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. And it's the first thing Lindsay Lohan was ever in. They have Michael Winslow from Police Academy in it, and a mus- uh, one of, some Olympic gymnast, and they have a... Uh, Musical number by Little Richard. What? Yeah. You Damn. gotta fall and crawl. I'll say, that, that is uh, quite the line. Yeah. Quite the budget, yeah. No, so I liked uh, whenever people would come over to my house and, like, have some drinks or they're smoking weed or something like that, They, I would love to just, like, kind of, like, put it on out of the blue. Just, you know, and they're like, like, what in the <laughs> world is this, Jacob? <laughs> is it, like, 30 minutes long? It's, like, 15. Like, literally. Oh, wow. Yeah. Super quick. Yeah. Wow. And I, I got super into it, like, because there's apparently, because I, I pulled it up on YouTube, I was hanging out with my friend Maggie one time, and I was like, oh, I, like, she was like, what's your tattoo? And I was like, I was explaining it to her, and I was like, well, let's find it on YouTube. And when I found it on YouTube, it was a, they had taken out the gymnast scene, hmm. and they had replaced it with some scene with, like, a dancing dog. Or something like that. So I was like, there's a different version. And I was able to find the different version. Or my buddy Matt um, was able to find the different version on VHS. So I bought that from him. So now I have both versions of it on VHS. And I have the sequel, Let's Rap Fire Safety, which is very unhinged. And it Seymour Smokes is voiced by Jason Alexander from Seinfeld, who played George Costanza. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sick. That's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out probably later. Cool. Do you have any shows or anything coming up? I'm not playing any coming up here. Here there are some to go present shows. Meg- Megan books most of these, so I'm not really on, the most on top. <laughs> Let's see. Um, well, I mean, like the well, I don't know when this is gonna come out, but uh, I'm DJing at Third Man tomorrow, and. Um, uh, uh, oh, sick. Yeah. With uh, Caroline and... Yeah, Caroline, Sarah. It's for Megan's birthday, so it's me and Megan DJing together at the end there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so we have... Yeah, the blue room, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shit, my phone died. Um, <laughs> oh, well. There are some... To, uh, go to the to, uh, to Go Records website, and you can find the To Go Present shows that are coming on, coming up. Oh, so. yeah. And like, So now, when you play your guitar, do you... Do you practice, or do you like just play music, or like? Uh, I've never been big on playing to uh, or practicing to other people's music. Uh, I've always liked to just kind of write a song every time I sit down and play. So. Do you like put on a metronome or? No, just plug in. 
fuck around. Um, yeah. I, I have, like, a little basement studio, so I'm, I, like, will do, like, a, I love arranging a full song. Like, I'm a very emotional player, so, like, I, like, really, consi- like, consider whenever I... It's, like, me... Because I'm not a big... I'm not a big lyricist or anything like that. It's just not for me. Um, so, like, I really consider, like, I have to finish, like, what I've started as, like, an, a, like a pretty much emotional vomit. Like, it's just, like... It's, I consider songs, like, something... Or arrangements, something I physically have to get out of me. So, mm-hmm. I... I'll sit down, like, come up with one thing, and then, like, not be able to stop until, like, it, I'm like, that's it. <laughs> Sick. Awesome. It's always good to know people's uh, strategy for practicing here, because, like, everyone's kind of different. Yeah. But everyone's really good, so I'm always like, well, what, do you, what is it that you do? I really don't practice enough. It's a bad habit of mine. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to say that I haven't asked? Hmm. Go, get out to the dang gigs. Fucking go see shows. Meet people. Fucking have a good time. But be safe about it. Omicron's done, but we'll see what happens next. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, get out to show. Yesterday I was like, should I stay and go to sleep? No, go the fuck. Get out. No, it was like, my, my buddy Ryan's been going through a little hard time recently, and like, we were getting dinner yesterday, and I was just like, really poking at him to like, go to the show last night, because like, I, I, I fall into the same way that he does, where it's just like, you get home, and you just feel comfortable, but you kind of wallow in it, and you feel like you don't want to be out or anything like that, but the second you get to where you're going, you just immediately feel better, so I just was like, no, you're fucking going to the show with me, and he was like, oh, okay, and then like, literally all the ride home, he was like, thank you so much for fucking bringing me out, like, I yeah. needed that, and I was like, I know you fucking needed that, dude, that's why I wanted you to come out. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like he was having a great time. Oh yeah, no, he, he was he was having a blast. Yeah. He didn't even want to go out. Oh yeah, yeah. I was the same way. I was like, I could just stay in and finish watching Dances with Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which I did finish, or I did watch when I got back home. Hell yeah. Who stars in that? That's um, Kevin, Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah. I randomly found it on YouTube. I'm like, damn, I haven't seen this movies forever. Uh, there was a radio show I used to listen to to in high school. It was the Jason Ellis show. He was a pro skater back in the 90s. Had a pretty fucked up life, but has changed it for a more positive being. And now he has a radio show where he just kind of talks to other misfits and stuff like that. Um, but I was really into it in high school because I, I remember every year my stepmom would uh, buy me XM radio as my Christmas present. And I'm like, that's a cool fucking Christmas present. Like, you know, be, Yeah. No, I love that. But um, he was on, like, he had a talk show on the punk rock channel that I listened to all the time. And um, he, for some reason, they had an ongoing bit about uh, Dances with Wolves. Like, that was, like, a big, like, fucking, like, thing for them to talk about all the time. Wow. Yeah. It is a good movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. It, it's really sad, though. I mean, yeah. Like, in pushing Native Americans west. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's... History. Yeah, no, it's true. Fucking, uh, what, what was what was the rebrand of that? Manifest Destiny or something like that? Oh, is yeah. that like another one? No, that was uh, no, that was what the the U.S. Uh, used as a tactic to uh, kind of like push the like it was the, it was like what we used to officiate the Trail of Tears. I believe is it was called Manifest Destiny, and it was uh, um, the concept that God wanted us to have this land. Good God. Yeah. 
evil shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like I was reading after I watched because they slaughtered all these buffalo. Yeah. And I learned that that was a way to move the native. Yeah. West, kill as many buffalo as you can so they can't eat. Can't eat, they can't build their houses, like fucking. God. Yeah. And so there was at one point 40 or 50 million buffalo mm-hmm. in America, and then it got reduced to like 500. Yeah, it's still dwindling. I mean, it's a lot better than it used to be, but fucking. It's, uh, bison are a very protected species for sure. Yeah, the, only, the only way that we are able to eat bison is through farming. So, fucking. Yeah, I've heard it's they're mixing bison with cattle and calling them beefalo. Yeah, I've been seeing the beefalo thing. And I'm like, oh man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I I know that when they do the whole like liger thing, those are very unhealthy animals and shit like that. So I I, I, I have some concerns within that, but. Yes. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you for uh, coming over. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a little foggy today. I was up pretty late last night talking about the whole World War Three thing. So no, I'm thinking. the same way. I got a little foggy today. I was like, we come over twelve thirty. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I had lost my keys, and I was just moving slow this morning. Fucking all good, dude. All good. I guess for some reason, uh, when I was going to bed last night, I thought it would be a good idea to put my keys at the foot of my bed under my sheets. So, <laughs> That's how you know you had a good night. Yeah. Wait. But yeah, thank you so much, dude. Yeah, dude.